Yeah, yeah. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Unscripted. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. I hope you guys are all doing well, especially if you're in Western Canada. Hope you're staying warm. Winter is upon us. It's been an interesting time in the world, you know. We're still battling the pandemic. I hope everybody's safe in that forefront. But it's also crazy to even think that in a couple months, it's going to be 2021. That's crazy. But it also goes to show that everything that you probably thought would have broken you, you're still standing here and you're still fighting today. So that is always encouraging. Before we get into this week's episode of Unscripted, I want to give a quick backstory behind my guest. My guest this week is Ame Mukende Jr. Ame is a motivational speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. He's a philanthropist. He's an activist. He does a lot of different things. He's doing a lot of great things in the world. Originally from Buffalo. A couple short years ago in his volunteer work in Buffalo, New York, he was named one of the Changemakers 30 Under 30, recognizing the impact and the accomplishments of a young professional. Throughout this conversation, you will see the evolution of someone who became intentional and became focused because he knew that there was a bigger purpose from his life because of an incident that almost took his life. You're going to enjoy this episode. You're going to enjoy the things that he has to say because he speaks with conviction, he speaks with belief, he speaks with truth, and he speaks authentically to himself. You know, one thing about Aime is, you know, every time that we talk, he approaches it the same way. He always says, peace and blessings. <laughs> and that's just a testament of how he lives his life and, and, and his perspective of what he sees when he looks out into life. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode with Aime Mukendi Jr. What's going on, man? Blessings, 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 King. How you doing? I'm well, man. How, how's everything over there, man, with, uh, with the election and everything? How's the energy over there? Um, man, I'm, I, I went into this whole situation knowing that it wasn't going to have a major impact on how I was going to approach anything. So with that being said, man, I'm blessed. How about you? That's what I love about you, bro, man. You you always so <laughs> positive and your perspective is always speaking, even in the midst of anything that may happen, man. I'm cool, bro. You know, in Canada here, man, it's a lot of, you know, Canada and America are like cousins, but it affects you guys more than it affects us, right? So, but I'm excited to speak with you today, man. I got a lot of questions that I want to ask, a lot of a lot of things that I think you said last time that we spoke. And I think it adds so much value, man. So but let's start here, bro. Tell the people where you're from originally, man. I am from the city of good neighbors. <laughs> oh man, you got <laughs> what city is this? <laughs> So Buffalo, New York, man, I got a shout out to the Buffalo Bills, seven and two for the first time in my existence. The first time the Bills have gotten <laughs> off to this great since 1993. So shout out to Buffalo, man. Shout out to, shout out to Benny, man. Shout out to everybody from Buffalo. It's a big time right now. It's a big time. I respect it. I respect it, man. Um, you know, the last time we spoke, man, you know, you spoke about some things that put you in a trajectory that made you want to give back and made you want to impact lives. My first question is, how did that start for you, man? Was it something that, you know, you learned growing up? Was it something that you saw when you were growing up, man? Walk me through what growing up for you was like, some of the things that you learned and some of the things that you've seen. Oh, man. Uh, 
as far as just making an impact. The greatest way for me to explain growing up and what's influenced me and inspired me to to move in this direction and purposes, it's best said in the song by Niles Barkley. Have you ever heard Crazy by Niles Barkley? Yes, sir. Uh, and that last verse, and for everybody on IG, if you know what I'm talking about, please please join in. And that last verse when CeeLo was like, my heroes have the heart to put their lives out on a limb. And all I remember is thinking, I want to be like them. Ever since I was little, ever since I was little, it looked like fun. So it's no coincidence I've come. And I could die when I'm done. So maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe we're crazy. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's really what it is. The people that I, I looked up to in the community, the people I looked up to on a television screen or through a CD player, through a cassette tape, because I had those too. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to them nineties babies, man. <laughs> you know, so uh, I feel like a lot of the people that I always looked up to were people that had and left major impacts. So definitely inspired me. Who were some of those people? Man. And we, we taking it back. Like I'm, I'm going to go deep into this podcast. Right. So anybody ever have a MySpace? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like MySpace, that's what I love about being in our age range, right? Because we had the beauty of social media when it was first beginning. And MySpace, what I always loved about it was when you go to somebody's profile, you can hear a song. So whatever the mood was for that person at that time was a song. You had a background that you saw. Okay, what is it they like to watch, do? Um, you saw their closest friends. Shout out to my grandma, always in my top five. Um, and then there was like info about the people. And, and my heroes when I was 13 years old, really haven't changed. My heroes were Jesus Christ, Will Smith, Kanye West, Spike Lee, Allen Iverson, LeBron James. Like those guys, those individuals were always my heroes. I even go deeper than that when I talk about from an activist perspective. Dr. King, Frederick Douglass, those are always people that I always look to and they were just super inspirational to me all of their stories in their own way obviously jesus separating himself from the rest of those men mm -hmm. um but all of them really dealt with some obstacles overcame those obstacles and left a stamp left an imprint and truly embodied what i believe is is walking in purpose when you when we look at the people who we look up to usually we look up to them because obviously the great things that they're able to do but we can also see parts of ourselves in them what were some of those things that you saw or maybe took from them that you saw in yourself or wanted to see in yourself oh oh that's such a great great way to frame that question and and i i want to say things in the most humble way though because that's where i i get a little bit uncomfortable when it comes to talking about myself and aspects of some of those people right so let's let's go down the line um and i guess i'll go backwards um I remember the first time I read about Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass was someone who was fearless. He fought his, in order for him to become free, he fought his slave master. He learned how to read. Then 
When, once he left the Baltimore, Maryland area, he then became an orator and he traveled the country speaking against slavery. <laughs> and then when he passed away, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's so inspirational to me. And when he passed away, February 20th, 1895, in Western New York, he passed away as the owner of multiple newspaper publications, which in that time, I look at that as like, that's like owning, especially for who he was, that's like owning Netflix and Hulu. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At that time. Um, so I guess what I saw in him was that I always had a passion for for speaking. It's kind of something that's been gifted to me and, and writing. Um, so that that's where I guess I see some some of, I don't know, I compare it to Frederick Douglass in that capacity. I don't know how to properly state that. Um, Dr. King, uh, nonviolence. Growing up, I was always a person that wasn't really it's like I was aggressive, but not aggressive from a from a physical perspective. I was more aggressive from a like I'll say what I feel. Mm -hmm. The way my dad says it is like he, what he loves is that I had a point of view from the time I was a kid, but I wasn't really about fighting, you know, with my hands. So I guess that's some of the biggest uh, ways where I tried to be like Dr. King, um, LeBron James. I mean, that guy to me was everything I ever wanted to be as a basketball player. Like everything. Mm -hmm. I remember being 10 years old telling my granddad, yeah, I want to average 60 points. He's like, well, you're going to be a ball hog. He's like, but no, no, I won't be a ball hog because I'll average 20 assists too. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. That average out. And then I get like 15 boards. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. like, that's what, Le that's what LeBron is. He's the, the third all time in scoring and top 10 in assists. Like, shout out to my guy Cam on here. Um, so that's, that's kind of, uh, I guess, where I look at LeBron and say, that's what I always wanted to be as, a, as an athlete, as a basketball player. Allen Iverson, another guy that was, to me, that was fearless. And he always represented where he came from, even to a fault. And, um, you know, that's the man who really inspired me to even want to play basketball, mm -hmm. to even like basketball. I fell in love with the game because of this crazy story behind me even becoming an Allen Iverson fan. I'm in D.C. with my grandfather. We go to the Georgetown Mall, and we, he buys me a video tape, right? Right, we we going back on this podcast, bro. Like, hey, we good, bro. That's what I'm talking about, man. Keep it coming. Like, like a VHS, right? And it was actually <laughs> it was a Jordan VHS that he bought me. But for anybody that knows, I got one of my mentees is on here. So anybody that knows VHS is sometimes the 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 taping on a VHS can get messed up. So the whole you know the whole picture will be messed up. Mm -hmm. So we go back to the house. We go back to the crib and. uh the tape is messed up. My granddaddy, the there's something wrong with the tape. So he's like, all right, we're going to take it back, get you a new one. We go back to the store and they're like, they're like, we don't have any more Michael Jordan stuff. I'm like, oh man, but we have this one. And they pull out the answer. Probably the dopest documentary I've ever seen at that time, um, which just gives a full breakdown of Allen Iverson never wanting to play basketball and how he was as a kid when he first started playing basketball, he always was looking to challenge Mike. Like, um, it's just a cool story to think back and reflect because if I didn't watch that tape, I would have never became a fan of Allen Iverson. I never became a fan of basketball and it really opened my eyes to a new world. So that's what Allen Iverson was to me. Um, I don't want to go into all these men because I feel like we're talking. I don't want to talk too much about myself in that aspect. If I were going to mention uh, two more people I think I had on my list was uh, Will Smith. I go to Will Smith. So I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, I mean, changed my life. You know what I mean? It was like, I wanted to be as cool as Will. 
dressed a little bit like Carlton, be as funny <laughs> as Jeffrey, and had a bag like Uncle Phil. You know what I mean? Yeah, the whole cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I, that was like, a, to me, that was what it meant to be a cool dude. And I remember being in high school and I would like print out lines and I would like go up to girls' lockers and like the same way, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's how I used to move. And then even watching Will Smith to who he is now, I Am Legend is one of my favorite movies, The Pursuit of Happiness, just understanding how how he perfectly represented the struggles that that man was going through. And as a father, as as a as a husband and as a black man sleeping in the bathroom in the train station holding your son and trying to make sure that you continuously inspire him while at the same time dealing with your battles of not being inspired um i don't know it's just so captivating and then last but certainly not least jesus jesus the christ i mean i can't say i see myself in jesus i'll just say that's who we always at least for me from a spiritual aspect that's the that's the perfection level as a man striving to be disciplined enough to say that I could be on top of a mountain fasting for 40 days. And um, someone calls me and says, you could turn this stone into bread because you know you're hungry. And I say, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Like um, having that level of discipline and, and understanding of existence and purpose, that's something I always strive to be like. You know, man, every person you name, bro, I can 100% relate to it. You, know, you 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 even when you think about you know jesus obviously we were created in his image right the same scripture you just recited when he was on the mountain what always stuck out to me during his 40-day fast was towards the end of it where he said after the 40 days and 40 nights was done then he was hungry and i'm always just like wait a minute he got he must have been hungry he must have been hungry <laughs> And every person that you name, there's a certain thing that helps them get to where they are. Maybe it's the discipline. Maybe it's the hard work. Maybe it's the consistency and all these different components put together. I want to go back to high school and college for you. We can intertwine both of those. What were some of the habits that you found yourself building? Maybe the negative ones and the positive ones. And when was that moment that you said, you know what, I need to figure some things out. And it puts you on the path where you are now. Talk me a little bit through about that. Oh, I'm loving this. I'm loving the, the, the reflection, right? So start, starting with high school, I remember, <laughs> man, I remember making varsity as a sophomore. And I had no intentions no thought process of playing varsity basketball. My old folk was like, I'm about to go on JV and be the man and kill. <laughs> like, Lily, that was my mindset. Like, I remember my last two JV practices. Like, I didn't try out. There was people, there was someone like, I'm trying out for varsity. I'm like, for what? I don't even, it's not even on my radar, right? Like, I'm not even thinking that way. And I remember it was two, my last two practices was a Friday and a Saturday. So Friday night, bro, I go off. It was one of my best feelings. Mm -hmm. It was Literally, I scored like seven straight possessions, all different ways. Oh, some high. driving to the rim, some jumpers, some off the dribble, some catch it like in a zone, like in that perfect flow. Goodness. And I remember just thinking Friday night, like, oh, this is going to be a great season. Wake up for practice Saturday and the varsity coaches are at practice. 
I'm like, oh, what's going on? You know what I mean? I'm just doing, just being me, right? And we were going through, I think it's Nick's break drill. Break drill. Um, I didn't even shoot it. I just passed it. I just ran the floor and passed it in the drill. And I just remember hearing Coach say, that boy run like a deer. My man, Amy. My man, Amy. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Appreciate, appreciate the love. And yeah. they end up telling me, like, oh, we want you to come to, to tryouts, X, Y, Z, boom, boom, boom. So I go to tryouts, and I remember uh, there were people that were more talented players than me. There are just better af- all, better all-around athletes than me. It's two guys. And we were all underclassmen. And uh, both of them end up having very successful collegiate careers as well. Um, but I remember we did a war rebounding. And I'm much smaller at this time, but I'm coming up with boards like crazy. I probably got like five to seven boards. And it was like, I was just thinking, go hard. Like I'm here. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to have no fear. And it was one particular play where, like, our senior star, captain of the team, gets a fast break layup. I mean, he gets like a fast break. You know he's about to dunk it. No one else on the court runs back on defense. Mm-hmm. I ran back on defense. Challenge him at the rim. He misses it. We both hit the ground. And I think it was at that moment where it showed, like, okay, something about going hard and having no fear is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it yeah. was, it was, uh, I would translate that to now as, um, that's kind of always been my mentality. It's kind of like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it hard. And sometimes, sometimes I bump my head by going head first into a situation, but that's part of the, you know, from a habits aspect, that was just kind of my mentality. So, um, that's that's a little uh, story from high school that I think connects to me now. And then to move on to college, I mean, perception of self is such a big and essential piece of all of our lives, right? Um, yep. For me, I remember getting to college and thinking, man, I'm never going to get tossed around. Almost to the point where it was like, instead of being bullied, I almost became a bully. Because I remember being a freshman and, and seeing the, the more the, the more diesel you were, the more aggressive you were on, on a basketball court, especially. And I was just thinking like, this will never be me. So I went through a transformation my freshman year where I went from like a buck 90 to 225. Like, look like hey, I'm ready. <laughs> you was in the gym, my guy. Yo, in the gym, like I remember stretches where it would be like two a days. I'm working out at the gym like three times a week. I'm playing intramural football. I'm playing intramural basketball. Then I'm going to practice. I'm doing all this like three, four times a week. No, yo, here's the thing too. I never took protein consistently or any of that. Um, we'll go to the gym, eat ham sandwiches right after. <laughs> like, but I bulked up, right? And uh, I think it showed that oh, I could do this. And I remember being a freshman in high school and I could barely bench 95 pounds. You know what I'm saying? I remember mm-hmm. being that gangly kid. So when I got to college, it was like, oh, no, I could really do this. Um, and I think how that translates to now is, you know, even at this moment right now, we got some wonderful people on the live. I'm talking to you having this wonderful discussion and being able to talk about the light that God puts in us all. 
um, I think it speaks to how everything is connected. Man, the hard work and the consistency and the effort that you were putting into all these things, man, that's that's remarkable, bro. And I say it's remarkable because you you balancing four different acts and and still not missing a beat. And I think that goes a lot to say about the person who you are and how you operate. When it comes to the aggression aspect of things, right? Because, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to play at a high level sports in track and field and football. And you have to adapt to the environment, right? Like if you aren't aggressive in certain parts, you're not going to see the field or you're not going to be on the track. You're not going to win. How did you manage that, bro? Because sometimes it's hard to turn off the game you and the in-person you. Ooh. How did you balance that? I think that's part of the learning process. So I could say in college, I don't really think, I don't think there was a balance. Um, I feel like the macho mentality, the ego really took over every aspect of life. So, and it translated into like, drinking and partying and you know how I engage with women I don't think there was a balance to be honest um mm -hmm. and uh from that you I can look back and reflect and and think about how different I was from high school to college like in high school I was a church boy that all I did was go to church play ball hang out with my girlfriend that was it like that was it in college it was okay I got super diesel <laughs> um, I'm drinking, I'm partying, I'm meeting new people. I'm feeling like sometimes people don't understand me. So I lash out when people, when I feel like people don't understand me, it's like the scared animal, right? Where it's like you, when you get uncomfortable and the fear starts to motivate you to do things more than the, the authentic you. Um, so I have to say, and that's a long winded answer, but I don't think I had a balance in college in any capacity. I want to go here, bro. Why did you feel like people were not understanding you? Like, like where did that come from? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, but I think it's interesting to mention, to even reflect back to all the, those, those heroes or, or people that I looked up to um, that we talked about earlier. I think in some capacity, every single one of them were misunderstood. Mm. Um, no, Jesus, clearly, right? He was crucified. For what crime did he commit? We, we still can't say, right? But he got crucified like a murderer or a robber, but what crime did he commit besides do what he came here to do, right? <laughs> Freedom of speech. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Will Smith, uh, when he dropped the song with Jordan Lucas this summer, and talked about how he overcame being corny. I can't think of the exact lines right now, but like people were calling him corny. Like he didn't swear in raps, but he was a Grammy award winning rapper. You know what I mean? Had a beautiful wife who was also a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like he, he did all that, but he didn't change who he was. And there was probably tons of people saying, do this, do that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You no, know, I don't talk about him as much with Spike Lee. You know, hit the messages that he tries to send through his films about identity and real life for people, I think can be easily misunderstood as if some type of propaganda or some type of bias breakdown, but that's really the, the emotions of people. You know, LeBron James is still hated. The guy, the only thing wrong that this child 
star, which is what he is. He's been more, he's been in the limelight more years than he was out the limelight in his existence on the planet. The one thing this guy did to, to offend somebody is the decision. Like that's it. Like that's yeah. it. But he still gets criticized. Um, Allen Iverson was the same thing. It was oh, he's got cornrows, he got tattoos, he looks like a thug. But like that was his culture. You know what I mean? Um, so I think in comparison to those those gentlemen, I, I I truly believe that. And one guy I did not mention, which is surprising people, was Kanye. Um, yeah. He's my favorite artist of all time. And I think all of those people and a lot of people in, in our own way, sometimes when your vision is so big, everybody doesn't have the same perspective as you. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. 100%. And that's, my, that's been one of my biggest challenges is that interacting, engaging with people sometimes. And it's like, they don't see it the way I see it. They don't have the heart that I have or they don't want the same things for me. I was talking with somebody uh, who's like a personality specialist and we're talking about, okay, what kind of personality are you X, Y, Z? And she was just saying how like, yeah, you you know, you're kind of, a, you're, you definitely are an advocate for anyone. Like, <laughs> like you, it's not that you're going to just pick and I'm like, yeah. Like if it's something I think is necessary and I resonate with it, I want to support at all costs. So, I think sometimes that could definitely be misunderstood. And, and sometimes I think um, I definitely need solitude at times where I just have to be in my own space so that I can be engaging and interacting with others. Bro, I feel 100% of what you said. I'm going to tell you why, man. When I was in high school, right, I was running track and I was one of the top recruits in North America. And I would go to the field, bro. I would go to the field and I would do extra training. I'm talking about like 9 p.m. at night, 9.30, 10 p.m. at night. And I just went and I would be doing strides and just working on the craft. And I loved it because there was nobody there to tell me anything, nobody there to speak to me. But I started to create other people inside my head, bro, for an extra push. Mm. I started to say, man, you know, they don't want you to do this. They don't want you to do that. that, that. It, I created they, <laughs> I created they just because I knew at the end of the day, everybody isn't chasing after what you're chasing and they're not pursuing what you're pursuing. And so oftentimes you have to create that and create that other image because you understand it and you need that reminder, even when people don't understand. So a hundred percent of what you said, I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I want to go to now you're finished school. Right. And, and, and now you're embarking on other things. How did you get to where you are? Like, how did the path start? Not, not where you are right now at this very moment, but the beginning stages of it. Was there a moment that hit you that you said, you know what? I think I want to share my message here. I think I want to do this here because it's not by coincidence that certain things happen, but it is by intention. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how did this process and this journey start for you man uh th there's so many different <laughs> there's so many different directions that point to the journey but one of the things that we discussed before and what i really opened up the book uh, with is that it's like the day i died and lived to tell about it um man that is what i'm that's that's <laughs> where i'm trying to go bro. 
I got you. I got you. You know what I mean? We got to give the people what they want. So it was May 29th, 2019. Uh, this is the first time I basically put together an entire board for my uh, nonprofit organization. I'm president of a nonprofit, Morningstar Miracles. And first time I'm able to get everybody there for a meeting. I mean, it's like nine of us. First time. And I just reconnected with uh, an old flame. And I remember she hit me, she called me, I couldn't answer the phone and she texted me in all caps saying that her kid's father was trying to break into her house. And I end the meeting abruptly. No one knew, no one on the board knew. I just remember taking my chain off, taking my jacket off, getting in my car and literally putting on a cape, like literally speed racing, like doing 90. You're not from Buffalo, but doing I'm doing 90 on a, on a, uh, on a 98, which speed limit is 30. Mm-hmm. I'm running red lights. I'm pulling up. My car is smoking when I pull up to the house and getting in a situation where the the irony of it all is me and her breaking up a fight between two little boys next door. Dude pulls up and immediately I leave the situation in the two little boys and I beat this dude up in the middle of, I mean, this. it is a bright, beautiful, sunny day. All the neighbors can see this all going down and I'm like I said, I beat this guy up. He's got a friend there. She's screaming. The friend, the friend hit me a couple times, but it didn't phase me. I'm beating this guy up. He goes to the back of the car. He grabs a gun. Puts the gun on my head, my forehead, and I dare him to shoot me. You dared him. He pulls the trigger. I'm still here. Man, 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 as I said the last time you told me that story, bro, and it still hits the same way, man, purpose, bro, you are, you are here for a purpose, because when something like that happens of that magnitude, when something like that happens, 100% out of your control, And the only thing that stopped that bullet from firing, bro, was the hand of God being on that person's trigger. Literally. That, that, if that doesn't scream that there is something bigger here for you, I don't know what does. And, you know, for those listening, you know, sometimes our purpose comes from pain. It comes from uncontrolled environments it comes from what may what some people may consider luck we never know where our purpose can bring us but know that we all have one when that incident happened man what clicked inside man uh it's like going back to it right so i remember cops end up coming i'm in the house at this time and i'm just sitting there and I'm just in such a level of, of shock. And I got to give everyone the backstory on it, too. Um, or just from that day. And I'm sitting there and the cops say there were two bullets in the gun. And I'm just like, he kept me here for I just kept saying to myself, he kept me here for a reason. He kept me here for a reason. He kept me here for a reason. And it was like it was people around me. Right. You know, they're comforting me. They want to make sure everything is OK. But in my mind, I wasn't even there anymore. It, and it's so ironic because I remember earlier that day, I had already imp, implanted in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to make a Facebook status that says, 
they been strategizing the harm. Hold on, it goes. Devil been trying to make an army. They been strategizing the army. They don't know they're dealing with a zombie. That Wednesday morning, I was going to make that my status. Like, already knew. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to post this. Yeah. And not knowing that I literally was going to face, I don't like to give him this much power, but literally face that level of devil and ultimately become a zombie from that moment where it was like, yo, I'm really here for a reason. Like I really could have been shot in the head over a situation that had nothing to do with me, with all these witnesses, mm -hmm. with these young men who one of them I knew from a program that I did on healthy masculinity all of this happened like I remember this kid had this kid had the video because I remember going back to the school months later and the site coordinator's like yeah you know I saw a video blah 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 I'm like oh that's crazy like it was like a retrospect but it's mm. like oh that's crazy like you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. it's not a lot of people going around yeah. named Amy you know what I'm saying it's not a lot of not yeah, a lot of Mr. Amy's so um nah man it was just it was a revelation, like even through COVID and I don't discount anybody who's had to go through any situations, lost loved ones. It's been a very unique time period, but my social distancing was last summer, man, because it was, it, it, it was, was heavy. man, I was heartbroken because <laughs> it was so much going through my head. It was one, like I could be gone Two, did she set me up? Cause she knows, mm. she knows that. I'm the type of guy that is going to come protect you. I care about you enough. I love you. I'm going to come protect you, no matter what the circumstances. She knew She knew that. And she knew him just as well as she knows me, if not even better. They have, they have live children together, multiple. So, you know, those are the type of thoughts going through my head. And then I had another incident that I mentioned in the book uh, that happened with somebody in the city who basically tried to challenge and basically was threatening to blackmail me on everything that I was trying to do. Um, so it was like the combination of those things had me just in such a rare state where it's like, it's interesting because I was literally watching a Kanye interview and he said, I prayed to God and asked him to remove pain from me. And then my mom died. And he's, <laughs> and then he says, basically, there's no worse pain that I can feel while I'm here. Mm. And, and, yeah. and how I connect that to me is like, when I think about that moment and I think about I could be gone for that reason, which I don't even think there's a clear specific reason that somebody could say, it makes me, um, you know, like how we got on here. I'm blessed and motivated, man. I'm blessed and motivated because I still have air to breathe. You know, we've got people like Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. Um, you know, I I remember what it felt like in 2012 when the verdict was made about Trayvon Martin, you know, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice. Those are all black men just like me who didn't who they didn't dare the officers to do it. And they're not here. So I have no excuse, no reason not to make sure that I maximize my time in this realm with purpose and authenticity. Man, as a man, 
how do you deal with pain, confusion, uncertainty, emotion mm. now at this point in your life compared to how you did when you were in high school and in, in college? Because now we're talking about the evolution of a human being internally, right? Because everybody's facing a whole bunch of battles internally and they don't really talk about it. But the external part is driven by the internal part. And a lot of people are out here trying to say that they never get hurt. You know, they never get down. They never get frustrated. They always know where they're going. But that's not always the case. How do you deal with those emotions of frustration, confusion? How do you, how do you deal with that compared to now, compared to where you were? It's... Uh... I think it's a daily struggle that everyone has to figure out what works best for you in order to get to that point. Um, for me, frustration, confusion, hurt at this stage, a lot of times it is trans translated. So um, that may come through, like I love going to an empty gym. I don't necessarily enjoy playing pickup basketball at this stage of my life. But I really, really love being at L.A. Fitness with my headphones in, shooting the basketball like I was when I was nine, 10 years old at the park by myself at 8 a.m. Like, I love that feeling. Um, the A lot of the fruit to feed the spirit comes from uh, specific audios, reading certain books and words to just kind of recondition and retrain the mind and spirit to understand that this is all a part of the process. Um, that's really how a lot of it comes out. Um, that's how I'm, I'm able to channel it. You know, having a, a core circle of men, I'm a part of a, it's a, it's a very exclusive, I can't really say much about it. Um, but there are some men that I can, can be uh, open and vulnerable with to an extent and, um, being able to release those emotions and share the the understanding that we're all in this together, we're all going through our own different journeys and battles. It helps a ton. Um, but also, man, man, we can never overlook the power of a photograph, a video, or text. Um, when I think about my two-year-old nephew, and I think about the last time I saw him, which is almost two months ago, I smile, I get a little sad, but it, it inspires me, man. It motivates me. Like, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why when I prayed to God this morning, I asked him to continue to use me to shine a light of your power, not mine, but your power. That's why everything, every video that you post and every guest you have on your podcast, because um, we've shared the, the conversations. I know how many people that you're helping. I know how many people that you're touching. I know how powerful your story is. That's why... That's why we do what we do. So it's more about understanding that it's a part of our journey. And the journey is really the beautiful piece. It's not necessarily getting to the, it's not necessarily being on the mountaintop. It's the journey of getting there. That's uh, that makes everything worth it. Man. One of the things that I tell people all the time is, you know, in life, you have to find a way to be graceful in between the mountains mm. and the valleys. Try not to get too high. Try not to get too low, but be graceful in between. Because I think if you can be graceful in between, 
you will be able to be calm in any storm that you find yourself in, man. I wanna I wanna talk about the book, bro, because first of all, not many people can say that they've written a book. You know, being being be, being an author, I think honestly, every person has a book in them, but I don't think everybody has the wherewithal to write every single day and to finish what they started. Why did you write the book, bro? Everyone needs a hero. Why can't it be you? <laughs> literally, literally to to get that message out. And whether someone actually reads and sees a little bit of the, the demons of my life or uses, implements the blueprints that's in the book or whether they just look at the cover. Uh, it's really to remind people, man, like you said, right? Everyone has a book in them and no one can tell your story better than you. So for me, the book was a bit therapeutic. Um, for, for some, it would be considered an accomplishment. For me, it was a, it was literally a cornerstone piece, a cornerstone piece of, of the house that, that he's allowing me to, to construct and build. So, um, I released the book on my mother's birthday this year, uh, because she is my hero. Uh, she's she's yeah. been my hero my entire life. Um, I remember times where after my parents got divorced, it was nice for me and my mom spent in the city mission. I remember what it was like when she was dealing with her second husband and crying on the kitchen floor. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, what the hell can I do to help? I remember mm. being 13 years old, getting ready to go to school and somebody got her thrown against the wall. And I grab his shoulder and he tosses me across the room. Like I just always wanted to to be a good son. Like in Proverbs, it talks about uh, a, a bad son makes his mother cry, but a good son makes his father proud. And that's not specific verbiage. Maybe it is in certain translations, but um, I feel like that was just part of the journey. And like what amazing really represents is trying to let people know that every single person, everyone that was ever created that ever had the opportunity to breathe life, 7.8 billion of us right now and counting on a planet right now, every single one of us is amazing in his, her, their own way. Um, and that's really why I wrote the book. Man, that's a powerful message, bro. You know, I can relate to that in so many different ways, especially with your moms, man. You know, what, what, what you just said literally reminded me of the nights when my mom and I would stay on a mattress at a friend's place and she would come in from work and she would come in and in tears, crying, crying so hard that the bed was shaking. And she probably thought that I was asleep, but I wasn't asleep. I could hear every single thing that was happening, every single shake I could feel. But I was 11. I didn't know what to do. But I always said to myself, I will do everything in my power to make sure that I make her proud. And everything that we do is always, I'm a person who thinks that everything that we do, man, is much bigger than ourselves because always watching. Someone's always watching. And it may not be someone who's alive today. It may be an unborn seed that's about to come up. And how we live our life is going to leave a blueprint on how we can make somebody else's pathway a little easier. That's just something that I believe in, and, and I believe that our purpose here on this planet is to leave it better off than how we found it. That's what God did. That's what Jesus did. I want to get into 
these last five questions, man, because we can be on here for hours on days on days on days, man. Um, these last five questions, bro, very easy, man. I like to, I like to end it all the same. Um, question number one. If you were trapped on a deserted island for two weeks, what are three things you would bring with you for three for, for that time? Trapped on a deserted island for two weeks, three items I'll bring with me. Mm-hmm. Books. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's counting as one. Um, a camera. Moments, yep. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like this, but it is what it is. A woman. <laughs> hey, I ain't mad at you, my You know what I mean? One, that I'm, one that I'm attracted to. You know what I mean? <laughs> Question two, man. Before you present, right? Like, like I watch, I'm a big boxing guy. And my favorite part in boxing, other than the actual fight, is the entrance, right? Because they get to come out to a song or they get to come out to something like epic. Before you pres- present a presentation, you're about to speak to a crowd. If there was a song that could bring you out, Ooh. what would that song be? Man, one song. Uh, man. It's, it, it would depend on the crowd and it depends on my day. So like right now, <laughs> I guess I wouldn't come out to this song, but like right now, this, the, the song I've, the only song I've really listened to all day is a uh, ABCs of love by Frankie Lyman and the teenagers. Um, ah, one, one song. Oh, I'm tripping. Amazing. Okay. I'm gonna give you two. Okay. Here's, here's my song. I'm coming out to amazing by Kanye West. I don't know why I'm sitting here acting like I don't know. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> it's her amazing. It's amazing. That's it. <laughs> it's a fit. Question question three, man. Um, if you could host any TV show, what show oh, would you host? If I could host any TV show, what show would I host? Oh man. Any TV show any right TV now? This show. is this is man, this isn't one? One? One. It's like oh. one. Oh, one <laughs> man I'm, all right i'm i'm going to cheat man i'm i'm giving you two all right all right the sports fan in me better yet the lebron fan in me i would love to be in the middle of skip and shannon i would love that like i would love like i would love to be cutting <laughs> skip off and like throwing youtube clips in his face right there on the set like i would do that literally well you can't do this people on tv can't see doesn't matter he can see it uh that's one and then the other one, I would be like, yo, I would love to be uh, Oprah 2.0. Like, put me on own and, and, mm. and bring back the whole Oprah vibe. And, and But but I'm Oprah. <laughs> mm. Hey, man. I'm tuning into both those shows. <laughs> Much appreciated. Question four, man. What was the Ooh, most recent I knew this one was going to be one. Uh, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, time. What did you get from it? Said everybody with this time. A new definition of time. Thankfulness, insight, meditation, exercise, time. 
Man, that was a that was a bonus one. Sir, yes, sir. Man. <laughs> Question five, man. With everything that you've been through, everything that you've been able to overcome and get to this point today, man, if there was one word to describe you, what would that one word be? <laughs> Focused. That's it. Focused. Give me a quick two-liner behind why focused. Mm. Uh, well, I wanted to say amazing, but I just thought that'd just be too. <laughs> I knew you're about to say that, but but that was a given. So the people the I wanted people. to go to amazing, but I would say focused because driven, motivated, thankful, blessed, and just understanding that right now in this exact moment we are exactly where we're supposed to be and the greatest days are yet to come. So I'm focused on doing everything in the now that's going to make those greatest days as great as they possibly can be. Man, I'm a person who likes to give people their roses and their appreciation of the present, man. And everything that you have done, bro, you've, came a long way but man you have so much more to go like god is going to bless you in so many ways and push you past any barrier that you probably thought may have stunt your growth and stunt the business or whatever it is that you're connected with man and he's going to continue to prosper you bro because one you're authentic you're real you're honest but most importantly your heart is in the right place bro and i know that as the days go on God is going to continue to show you where he wants you to be and how he's going to use you in front of thousands, millions, whomever he so chooses, man. So from me to you, my guy, it's love. And I know that in these next couple of years, I don't know when. I don't want to put any capital limit on what God's going to do. But just know something great is coming, man. I, I appreciate you for jumping on with me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your heart, and I appreciate what you're doing and putting out into the world, bro. It's always love. Always love. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Thank you for inviting me on. I truly appreciate it. Um, continue to do everything that you are doing. We are in this together, and, and like we talked about before, I can't wait till we're in person together having uh, a real conversation and breaking bread here in the A. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you gotta get some of the team to 70 out.